Hello and welcome inside the Luke and Charlie Show podcast. My name is Luke Tanaka. I am here with my good friend, Charlie Rumeliotis. If you could spell that, more points to you, because uh, I know I sure can. Actually, I probably could, but well, I digress. We're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> the Elmhurst Augustana basketball game. Um, I called it, I think it's the biggest regular season game in Elmhurst College men's basketball history. I know they've they've had some good playoff runs uh, in the early 2000s and the mid 2000s. Uh, they didn't really have anything surprisingly when Chris Martin was here, uh, because they they had a little trouble with just trying to get into the tournament. It was it was they got uh, I guess kind of gypped a couple of times. But we were uh, talking we were talking off the air. Wasn't Coach Baines an assistant on that team? Coach Baines was an assistant at Elmhurst from 2000 2010. So he That's was right. he was here during Elmhurst uh, 2000s heydays too. Which and the highs and the lows because he was also here in the the last couple of years that were very tough for the program. Yeah, because I remember when he first when Coach Baines first got hired, I interviewed him for our school newspaper, and uh, I remember him. I asked him what one of his goals was, and and he said uh, the the main goal is to to make the atmosphere and to pack R.A. Fagenal Hall the way I the way we did the the first time I was here, which was ten years ago. And that they accomplished that yesterday. They and, did. And that's just the beginning of the season. Almost 2,000 people packed R.A. Fagan Hall last night, and the Blue Jays came out victorious 77-75. to 75. It was a game, well, I suppose maybe the best way to put it would be just to read the lead from ElmersBlueJays.com. The first ever showdown of top five teams, and Elmers lived up to its billing as over 1,900 standing room-only fans in attendance were treated to a contest that featured 19 lead changes. 13 ties, a pair of court stormings, or as it's described in the story, on-court celebrations by Elmhurst fans, a video review at the end of regulation, and eventually a two-point overtime win for and, Elmhurst. And, and two storm courts, or court yeah, they, storms. They, 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 we, they stormed the court twice. I got a picture of the first one, and I tweeted that one out yesterday. I did not get a picture of the second one, but there's just so much to talk about in this game. It was number five Elmhurst and number one Augustana. And Augustana coming in undefeated. They had huge wins. They had defeated 10 teams in non-conference play by 18-plus points. This included ranked UW-Whitewater, who was in the top 25. This included the team that beat them in the national championship game last year, UW-Stevens Point. They absolutely throttled UW-Stevens Point in that game, who by, by had lost a lot of seniors. But still, regardless, that's still another big win. And they, they just came in. They, they had that swagger about them. And... Uh, Hunter Hill, their best player, has that swagger about him too. Uh, and you, you really, you know, when Augustana is in the building, it's there's just a different feeling. And and yesterday, it did not feel like the second conference game of the season. It felt like uh, like a March the, the, game. the fourth round of the NCAA tournament, like the Elite Eight. They're trying to go to the Final Four, which we may see this matchup in the Elite Eight. It's quite possible. Uh, just it just felt it, the atmosphere with almost two thousand fans. The physicality of the game, the chippiness, you could tell how much the game meant to each team because of how passionate and a little bit chippy they were in the game. Uh, it just felt like an Elite Eight game, and it's only the first week of January. Yeah. Uh, Luke, uh, we, were talking, we were talking off the air about this. Where, where does this rank uh, in the games you called? Because remember last year, that was that was it triple overtime or quadruple? It was triple. I did not call that one. Though. It was uh, Correct. Yes. Ah, you're right. No, I think we were watching it, though. We, we watched it we were uh, separately, separately but talking during it. This was by far the number one 
game I've ever broadcasted. Right. And I, last year I broadcasted uh, both games in which Brian Ackerman scored game-tying points in the last 30 seconds, uh, which was actually against, that game. Uh, against Augustana when he uh, drove to the basket from the right side and lifted a floater that tied the game uh, in the end of regulation, sent that game into overtime when the Blue Jays ended up losing. And then uh, against North Central, when North Central had the lead by three with the ball, trying to get it up the court, North Central had a chance to dribble it up the floor, maybe just two steps. One of their guys shot a uh, really ill-advised pass, and they could have just walked it up the floor, and Ackerman picked off the pass. He tipped the pass to, I think it was Schwebke, Schwebke to Crittenden, Crittenden back to Ackerman, Ackerman for three, tie game with 20-something seconds to go. Elmhurst hangs on in, in regulation. They end up winning it overtime. So I got to call those games, and those are the kind of games, I think, to me, that showed where this program was heading. And now they've arrived. This this is this is the program. I mean, this is the year. They have they played eleven players yesterday, and ten of them were seniors. Yeah, one of one of my favorite columns I wrote for the school newspaper two years ago was uh, the Elmhurst College basketball team was going to win the CCIW, and I wrote that two years ago. I said in two years they're going to win the CCIW, and and they're on pace. They're on pace to win to to do that. Um, but I mean, you could just tell from the beginning. As soon as Coach Baines got here, the culture just changed. They had. They were a really young team when Coach Baines got here too. Right. So, so there were not a lot of graduating seniors. I, I think that the most notable one was was Nick Sanford. They had Nick Sanford, yeah. They they had a couple of guys, but in, in all reality, that six and nineteen season, the season before he came, they were six and nineteen, uh, and that's when I. That means Kyle Weiss was a freshman that year. So that class was a freshman, and then he he said when I uh, and when we talked about Will Nixon on Monday, I, I interviewed him, and he said. Will Nixon was the guy that showed because uh, Will Nixon was looking to transfer and the schools that Baines was competing against for Nixon, Augustana, North Central. Uh, he didn't say Illinois Wesleyan, but I can't imagine that they he wouldn't be in the mix too. Ron Rose at Illinois Wesleyan. So the fact that you could get Nixon, a primetime player, to choose Elmhurst over Augustana and North Central really flipped this program around. Uh, I think that's a big part of it, along with, obviously, John Baines. Yeah, and I, I think I heard you say on the broadcast that he... He now is the all-time leading Elm, uh, in blocks. In blocks, two and a correct? half. He took two and a half years for him to break that he's, record. Yeah, and he still got yeah, he still got half a season left. Uh, you know, still. Uh, so yeah, I mean, when you when you look at this team, what do you think? I think before the year, we both you and I both agreed that it was Final Four or bust for for this team. Is it still like that, or is it now it's it's championship or bust? Would you go as far as that? It's hard. I think this team's going to take it as long, as far as they can go. And with their win against Augustana, I mean, it, it's looking like that this this could be a, a championship caliber team. I mean, I think they're one of, you know, 10, 12, 15 teams that somebody would say, yeah, I've seen that team. They can win a national championship. Uh, but will they do that? It, it depends. I mean, they have the depth. They rotate 11 players, but really – the guys played a lot of minutes. The top five games, guys yesterday played a lot of minutes. And they same for Augustana as well. If you look at Augustana's side of things. And, uh, and rightfully so. They had five, yeah, five players played over 20 minutes, and the rest played 18 or less. For Elmer's, five players played over 30 minutes, or 30 or more minutes, and then nobody else played more than 15. So, yeah. And the thing that I thought was interesting also with Augustana was that they would not Greg Giovanni, the head coach, would not budge with Tavion Johnson, who had four fouls, with Brandon Motzel, who had four fouls, both with like eight minutes to go. But he would—he always had one of them on the floor, and then neither of them fouled out. So it was a smart move. 
but you had 10 players starting in that game and they were all seniors. I mean, yep. it doesn't get any better than that. It was, it was physical, uh, but the referees did a great job. Once, once the physicality started to get too much, they called a couple of cheap fouls, reeled it back in. I thought they did a really good job with the game, not to mention the video review at the end, which yeah. I believe was the right call on the tip by Nixon that was negated. Uh, wait, explain, explain this. Cause I was, I was watching the broadcast and, uh, there was a little bit of confusion as to why, uh, you know, you said it's the right call for them to go to the video board, right? But, and and a natural viewer watching the game would probably say, "Well, well, yeah, well, wouldn't they check it out? Why wouldn't they check it out?" Well, Ex- you, yeah. you know, just elaborate on it because I know just Obvi- to clarify, right? Obviously, this isn't Division One, so you, the game's not on ESPN. The game's not. I mean, a lot of t- teams now are going to streaming, so. In Division Three, there's there's quite a real possibility that you would not have a video stream to look at because some schools don't stream their games. Some only have them on the radio. Some have audio only broadcast, no video. Some have video with no audio. I mean, it's just it's, right. It's very. I think it's a nice, unique thing to have both here uh, at Elmhurst, and I think it really helps that Elmhurst has has a very high quality production. It's a really good production that they do. Uh, here with here at Elmhurst, it's gotten really good over the past two years. Right now, yeah, it's better and better. Sunrise right. Communications does a one, really a fantastic job. I mean, I'm I'm so impressed with everything that they do. The graphics, they link with the scoreboard wirelessly so that it automatically goes straight there and replays now. I don't think replays. they were there a year ago, maybe two years ago. I think two years ago, we may not have had replays. Now there are replays, uh, and so they were able to look at that video and they were able to see clear enough uh, and the play was uh Crittenden drove to the basket he missed Kyle Weiss put a tip back that was a little too strong and then Will Nixon tipped it up but his hand was still on the ball was 0.0 to go so it, therefore it got negated and uh, I said on the broadcast that I wasn't sure if they could do it right. uh, which I think sent the wrong message uh but I learned later uh, that yes you can and it's at the discretion of the officials Okay, so the officials, I was just going to ask yeah. you, that was my next follow-up, was if if there's a rule in place of, you know, if there's video available, can you use it, or is it just fair fair playing field that's under the ref's discretion? Ref's discretion, they can do it if they want, if they have access to it, and I'm really glad they did because you want to get the call right. And right, because, like, what if there was a what if there was a fan a fan in, in the sitting first row and, and was videoing it? Could they look at that, or would it? Have I think to it be, has. I think it has, has to it be, be official. Under, yeah, yeah, official school video, like actual broadcast of the game. I don't think they could right. pull it off of somebody's phone, but I they may not have a rule for that. But that may be again referee's discretion. Sorry, we're not gonna look at your fan's phone right. because you're obviously biased and so right. I don't know. Right, but. And then one of the themes to me in, in the game overall was uh, big-time players stepping up in big-time games. And there are a lot of big-time players on the floor, but the two biggest players on the floor yesterday were Hunter Hill for Augustana and Kyle Wiest for Elmhurst. And in the second half, both players put the team on their back when, when they really needed it. Augustana was down seven, their, their largest deficit at 43-36, to 36, looking at it now. Uh, there's a couple of layups, a couple of shots by certain players, and then all of a sudden you just start to see Hunter Hill's name. Hunter Hill, three-point play with 14 to go to tie the game at 47. Hunter Hill with two free throws at 11.45. Hunter Hill with a layup at 10.51. Two more free throws. That's eight straight points by Hunter Hill uh, and only two points to an eight-to-two run just solely by Hunter Hill in that stretch. 
And that puts in that last layup, fast break, that's a 10 to 2 run. It puts Augustana up by six, which was their largest lead of the game. And Elmhurst is all sorts of struggling offensively. They think they've made two shots in the last seven minutes. Kyle Weiss doesn't have a point in the second half after 16 in the first. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Weiss takes Crunch over and he gets to the free throw line. And that's that's where Kyle Weiss wants to be. He's a great free throw shooter, always has been in his career. And then you get here he goes on a solo 4 nothing run and a solo 7-2 to two run to put Elmhurst back within one. He hits two free throws with 8-19 to go. He And in the very next possession, after a turnover by Augustana, he hits two more free throws, getting to the line, which is so huge for him because he, he was not shooting well in the beginning of the second half. No points, but the ability to get to the free throw line re-added to his confidence. Then after an Augustana basket, Weast with a three to cut it to one. And then Brian Ackerman hits two free throws to give the Blue Jays the lead at that point. And so when the teams needed the most, when Augustana was down by seven, it was Hunter Hill who was able to bring the Vikings back, big-time players stepping up in this kind of game. And then Kyle Weast uh, with Elmer's down six, able to cut the lead all the way back. And then eventually Brian Ackerman helps them retake the lead. Big-time players stepping up in big-type games. And they're two of the best guards in the country right there. And yeah. it was... And we saw it last oh, year, too, when game. Kyle took over in the triple overtime game. I, I can't... Who was the opponent? I can't remember. St. Norbert. Say, okay, so I remember we were watching. Kyle Weiss just went off in all those overtimes. And I think it was... Uh, uh, he made he made an unbelievable shot. To, made, I think it was to tie yeah, the game. Tie it, the with, game. Like, seconds left. In and, the second overtime, I believe, it was Kyle Weiss leaning three. And I was talking to Kevin Jude, our sports information director, and he... Um, you know, a lot of times uh, writers will write their leads prior to uh, prior to the game being over so you can have a better shot at deadline. And Kevin, is, I wrote my lead three times because I thought there was no chance that we were coming back. And then, you know, Eric Leonard drops the ball on the floor. Will Nixon picks it up and lays it in at regulation. Kyle Weist hits an unbelievable three-pointer. And then eventually Elmer's fouled out the St. Norbert's big, and that was it. That right. was really the, the nail in the coffin. Because St. Norbert wasn't that deep. They went about five, six really good players deep and then some role players. And once they got that star player out, that was it. And so I think it's very realistic to think that this Blue Jay team could go far places to the Final Four, to the National Championship. But it's so hard. Right. Uh, there's so many good and, teams and there's so, in Division There's so three. much basketball left, too. So I, much. This was the second game of the CCIW. So, I mean, you still got... A lot of things can unfold before the end of the year. And how awesome it is that we have more of this. Yeah. I mean, to think, really. Lucky real, for you, you get to call them all, too. I, at least two more. Well, pro- at least one more matchup between Augustana and Elmer, which will be at the end of January. But then potential CCW championship game in the tournament. Then potential NCAA tournament game. I mean, so there could be up to f- uh, four. There could four, be up to four matchups between these two teams. And the NCAA likes to link team, link close teams. So they don't have to fly teams. So it's very realistic that we could see this matchup in the Elite Eight. Uh, is And we wouldn't see it, I don't think, in the first two rounds unless one of the teams really falls off the table. But for the Blue Jays, uh, it will be big the rest of the way to not to hold yourself together. You got this great win. Great. Enjoy it for one day. Get back down to business. Uh, come today and uh, tomorrow, Friday, and then you got to go on the road to Milliken and every team in this conference is so tough. I mean, there are no easy wins in this conference. Wheaton, who was, I think, four and seven at the time, took Augustana down to the last shot, had a, had a shot to go up by two with 19 to go, missed it. So every team in this conference, whether you're four and seven, whether you're Elmerstedt or Augustana at 12 and one, every game in this conference is good. And so you can't 
take anybody lightly, especially coming up after Milliken. Elmhurst has been pretty solid against Milliken in the last couple of years. But Carthage beat Elmhurst here at here at home in Elmhurst uh, last year. So they go on the road to Carthage after you have Milliken on the road, and then you go on the road to Wheaton, who has always been really they're always tough. tough. They're yeah. always really tough, especially against Elmhurst. Even in football. <laughs> right, in football they're real good too. So, in, But in, in this men's basketball, they always give Elmhurst trouble. So, in, but this is a senior-laden group. I mean, ten out of the eleven players that play are are seniors, and you and even against IWU it was ten out of ten. They played those ten players, and they were all seniors. So this team, this team knows where they want to go. They'll they'll check back in. John Baines always likes to check back in twice or three times a season. I would not be surprised if one of those days was today after such a physical game yesterday. And I say, all right, let's take a breather. Let's see where are we at. Where do we want to go? Let's refocus. You got three road games coming up, and they're big ones. You got in really, if you want to win the conference and you want to host that conference tournament, you're probably not going to be able to have more than two or three losses in the conference. So realistically, we'll see what happens. Can Augustana hold serve the other uh, in Rock Island at the end of January? And then will another team like a North Central, like a North Park, although Elmhurst has dominated North Park just because it's a tough matchup for the Vikings, will Elmhurst then be able to host that conference tournament, which is another big thing because that's a big home court advantage as we saw yesterday. Right. Last question before we wrap up. Augie was number one heading in. Elmhurst was number five. How do you see the the rankings unfold after Elmhurst's upset victory? I would not be surprised if Augustana stays ahead of Elmhurst. I think that Elmhurst did not play the strongest non-conference schedule, and maybe that was planned because the CCIW is just such a brutally physical, tough conference like we're talking about. So, And it was just so neck and neck that there, there was no separation. It wasn't like, you know, Elmhurst won by 10, and it was kind of a, and no, then, you know, Elmhurst was also. team a, led by more than seven. Right. So, so right, yeah, right now we're looking at, I'm look, I'll look at the top five, and I'll stick within the top five. So you have Augustana at one. They're the unanimous number one right now, but they'll drop down. So you have Whitworth after that, who recently survived Calvin. So Whitworth will probably jump to number one there at school in Washington. And you have Hope, who's 10-1. and one. I wouldn't be surprised if Hope jumped up. To, I, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody jumped up. It's just a matter of where do you put Augustana because everybody else, I believe, held serve in those games, and Elmhurst had the big win. So there are two one-loss teams ahead of Elmhurst. Do you take this one win to mean so much that maybe there are three Maybe they're two. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be up to the voters. But I think this Elmhurst team really proved themselves this week with the wins over Illinois Wesleyan and Augustana. Although IWU is down this year, still a win over Illinois Wesleyan is always a big deal uh, in this conference. So it's two really big wins. Uh, to be honest, my gut feeling says uh, to leave Augustana a little bit higher just because of their total body of work. Uh, and... I don't want Elmer's fans to gripe about that because for the entire season, Elmer's has been ahead of Benedictine and Benedictine has a head to head win over the Blue Jays. So uh, I, I, I think it should stay Elmer's or Augustana Elmer's Benedictine. And I think that would go maybe three, four, five, uh, four, five, maybe three, four, six. Benedictine stays at six is they, they have a pretty weak conference in general. And they are different than the CCIW. They may run the table and go undefeated. It's quite possible. Uh, they have some good wins over North Central and Elmhurst, but they're both close wins. So my gut feeling says Augustana stays ahead of Elmhurst, but I think you I think you could put them either way. I don't think it matters. Right. They're both I, gonna they're both gonna make the tournament. I and, was I was just gonna yeah. say that it, honestly, it does not matter where they are right now. It matters obviously where they are at the end of the season because that's 
the standings are they're still they're, there's so much that can happen you know it's still the second game and 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 like you said this is you know this is a tough conference you know there are no nights off so the the, the standings could turn a little bit upside down if if you know the way things shake up during the final stretch of the year right even brandon schwebke said yesterday after the games like i know we beat the number one team but rankings don't matter at this point right. yeah you know, i mean really the d3 hoops rankings they the ncaa takes their own rankings and regional rankings into consideration so well i think what elmerst wants to avoid they want to be ahead of augustana so that they don't have benedictine in their little pot there, although yeah. they, they would love to have benedictine again because you know that uh the elmerst players are licking their chops trying to show that they can beat Benedictine because that was really just a brutal, brutal first half against the Eagles. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, if anything, this, this win basically just gave them even more confidence that they already had. So, you know, they, they, they knew they could, they, they already knew, right. They, they knew they could compete with this kind of team. And now they know that they could beat that kind of team. And it, it just shows a team, the team that was the perennial favorites to, to win it all. Now you just beat them. So that puts you right into that discussion as well. Exactly. Awesome. Great recap. Great call. Thank Looking you. Looking forward to hearing you even more. Uh, I told you yesterday that I was going to listen to it after after I got home, and I That's did. That's right. I got, I got back, and I watched the overtime. Um, all right, we're going to play a couple songs here, then we'll get back into the action. We'll talk about NFL picks coming up next.